This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Gadget Geeks, show number 561 with guest Marv B, recorded on Feb 2nd, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home news reviews product updates and conversations, all for the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful, chilly, though, Bellevue, Nebraska. And, of course, we post the show. World-class show notes, and they're getting better each and every week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Uh, just a reminder, this episode's affiliate sponsor, something we're going to try new over the course of 2023 is just having a monthly affiliate sponsor. So, this month, we're, or uh, that sponsor is going to be Nespresso. I know you guys know that I drink espresso, Nespresso, not Espresso, same thing, but I drink Nespresso. If you use the code MQU, MQU328, and I'll put that in the show notes, you get right now, you get $40 off their machines. So if you were looking, like if you're drinking crappy coffee, stop. Don't drink crappy coffee. You don't have to do that. Nespresso, you can get the pods. You can make great coffee. You get great machines. I think they're even Aaron Lawrence approved. Give it a try. She's kind of a coffee snob. Give it a try. Again, jump out into the show notes, but use code MQU328. Get $40 off the machine if you want to give it a try. I love it. It's great coffee. And if you want to try it, you can too. Big thanks to Bob and Ryan from Think Computers. They were on last week. And just a fun show. If you haven't listened to it, go back and get that done. We want to make sure that uh, they, and, and make sure you go to the links in the show notes to their site, because they got some great stuff going on at Think Computers. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you want to do that, but make sure they've got a lot of great high-end and incredible equipment. Check them out as well. Thinkcomputers.org. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. If you're finding value in this podcast and uh, and you want to give it back, join our team on Patreon, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon can get that done as well. Marv B is with me tonight. Marv, I was getting a little feedback, so I muted you. You'll have to, don't forget to unmute yourself, but thanks for coming on. Great to have you back. Oh, Jim, thanks for having me back. Uh, I appreciate it. I was a little worried yeah. there. <laughs> Why? Well, you were here in November and, uh, yeah. and you hung out and you hung out with me and uh, no, you do, you do a bang up job. Tell me how things at the IT uh, business podcast are going. What are you guys, uh, what are you guys talking about over there? Wow. It is actually starting to kick up. So we just finished a few shows where we talked about uh, franchising IT companies. That's a mm. big popular thing right now. Uh, I did get in a quick show with one of the channel analysts, Jay McBain at Canalis. And we were talking about the state of MSPs and all of that. And I just uh, finished a two-part show on compliance risk, which is huge for us right now as we start to be held accountable for security for companies because the insurance companies are forcing our clients to prove that they're doing security. So that's been a big uptick in our business. So trying to find all the ways to make it easier for us to do that. It's a good money, but it's a lot of work. It is. And is cybersecurity insurance like a? Do you you play in that space at all? To if you're breached, the insurance that you can you can purchase to help with the costs of that. So that's the big thing right now. Everybody's getting yeah. it. So yeah. we got it a few years ago. We got you know our general liability, our professional 
insurance, my umbrella, and then I added the cyber. It's actually a combination. It's a cyber liability and professional insurance. And all of the companies now are starting to get that offered to them because of the amount of ransomware that's out there, the wire frauds and, and that sort of stuff. But what's happening is, is they're starting to be held accountable for what they say they do. You know, because a lot of people would just check off the box. Yeah, we use secure mail. We use two-factor authentication. Yeah, we back up. Well, for a couple of years, insurance companies were paying for people that would have a breach but not have a backup like they said they did. Or they would be, you know, hacked through an email without security awareness training. So now they're starting to do that. And the reason we're doing a big push, so my company, I I can say – a little bit. So we almost got sued by a client that wasn't under our full management contract. So we had started to do stuff with them and we had been telling them that they need to up their security. We made them do a risk analysis. They failed like 98% of the analysis. Mm -hmm. And so we were waiting to sit down and talk with them and they didn't want to spend the money and they didn't see the big deal. They got hit. And they lost some data. They didn't lose everything. Yeah. We got them back up and running. And then they tried to, you know, they didn't have insurance. So they tried to come after us. And luckily we had, you know, not only our insurance, but they had the attorneys that pushed back and said, well, you had your risk analysis and you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this was a law firm. And they said, well, according to the state of Florida, you're supposed to have this stuff already. So all of this stuff started kicking back. So all of a sudden they got super quiet and we've not heard anything for a couple of years, but they could still come back and do something. But, uh, yeah, that's a big deal. So, yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. Uh, my wife works for a mental health clinic and they are providing a contractor to a, another company and that company's requiring that they have cybersecurity insurance, and, you know, we, we are constantly uh, at Gallup, we're constantly testing ourselves. So I get emails from yep. time to time that are internally, you know, created, but they're, you know, well, I click on the link basically, you know, and so we, you know, we're supposed to send it to a special email account saying, Hey, this is, you know, this is spam or this is a potential threat. It does make a difference. Like when you know your internal, like when you know you're on the hook for every single email that's coming in and, you know, we do that awareness training, like, you know, checking the address and the content of it and what's it look like and is there misspellings in it and, you know, all those things, all those things that are required to tip you off to one of these, you know, phishing schemes, you, um, you you start looking, you, you know, you get a little more savvy about checking every single email that comes yeah. in. Like you start thinking about it. So it does work. That's one of those things. Like, you know, when you first start doing this, you're like, come on. Like, seriously, do I have to do this? But, you know, our numbers and I, I don't think I, I, I can say exactly what they are, but they were they were significant, let's just say. And for the first time we did it. And then on the second time that got cut in half (laughs) because you got a little bit, you got a little shamed (laughs) for like, Hey, you know, shouldn't click on those links. And then the third time, even less. And then we do a regular, we kind of have a regular like learning training, at least, at least once a year, in some cases two. now I think three or four times we're going to get 
refresher courses on this, maybe once a quarter, then they're constantly testing us through email because that's right. right. We're the weak link, right? Humans are the weak link. <clears throat> yeah, so, we are. Um, well, um, what's not a weak link? I mentioned this in the pre-show, but John Biggs sent me this this uh, Trogues uh, Coconator. And John, thanks for sending beer. If you like, if you want to support my beer habit on the show and you want your beer mentioned, send it to me. <laughs> Jim at the average guy.tv. I'll send you my, 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 uh, my address. Uh, so, uh, John, thanks for sending those. Appreciate that. And, uh, super tasty. He sent me like four, um, stouts and, uh, those are going to be super good. What, one more gift that came over the holidays. It's like, I got nothing for Christmas, but Kevin, uh, Kevin Schoonover sent me this Ember mug and, um, a gift. And if you have, if you ever looked at mugs, have you, uh, uh, Marv, are you a coffee guy in the morning? You drink a lot of coffee or tea, a hot, I, hot coffee? I am. And we, so obviously at the office, I just have my company mugs. And then I started doing my, my own podcast mugs. And then I collect them just for the look. So, or, you know, kind of like the old shot glass thing. Yeah. So I do collect in that way. So I don't, do a lot of drinking out of special mugs or anything like that. But yeah, I have, we have a sponsored one for ask the podcast coach that I use. That's a sponsored mug on Saturday mornings, but Kevin sent this over. Kevin, thanks for doing that. You know, the whole idea is it'll keep your coffee hot for, you know, I think 90 minutes. If you put that in there and you can set the temperature on the app, it's got a little saucer that it goes on. There's a little charging ring on the bottom, uh, Bluetooth enabled to the, <laughs> One of the scary things about this, okay, you look at this mug and you think, oh, it's not very big. And then it's got this big, heavy base on the bottom. And you think there's not a lot of space in this thing, right? But I took a full cup of coffee. You know, I did a grande sized cup of coffee and my, you know, seven, uh, well, let's just say an eight ounce thing of coffee. I poured it in right up to the top. And I, I thought it was going to overflow. And I was like, no, it actually holds it. So I don't know what kind of wizardry they're doing in this mug. But did you say a grande was only eight ounces? Well, the I use a grande cup. I have an eight ounce thing on my dispre- uh, uh, oh, espresso okay. maker. But that kit doesn't fill it all the way to the top. You know, there's probably this much left in there. But uh, yeah, so it's just surprisingly, uh, it's surprisingly it fits uh, the Nespresso because it. I have a, I think the Nespresso makes an eight ounce, and then I think they have an eleven ounce or twelve ounce cup to you know a, a maker for it so yeah I mean, that sounds about right so eight ounces for a 10 ounce mug is usually your right and then um, a 13 ounce um serving for a 15 ounce mug yeah 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 you don't want flowing flowing over the top but right so kevin thanks for sending that it recharges itself you can take it off the base it keeps your coffee warm you can set the temperature on the on the app to like 125 to 145 i think is what the and how long have you tested how long it will keep it warm? I haven't. Not yet. No, I've been, I got it. And then I just been using it. And, uh, and so, but I, to be honest, I drink the coffee faster than it, <laughs> than like I, coffee doesn't sit on my desk for an hour. It's gone. That's the way you should drink it. And that's yeah. I drink coffee and beer the same way. Yeah. If, uh, in, you know, in coffee, if it's cold, by the time you finish it, you're drinking too slow. If it's a beer, if it gets warm before you drink it, you're drinking too slow. Yeah, although some some beers aren't bad the warmer they get to room temperature, I find. They get a little more flavor in them, and that's not a popular opinion. 
you know, when I told Aaron, the uh, Aaron Lawrence that I used day old coffee, she, she gave me that look. And then she was like, so I don't know, maybe that's maybe warm, maybe warm beer. The Germans kind of drink it warm and they were, they invented the stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's a true story. Um, well, anyways, Kevin, thanks for sending that over. Uh, Marv, let's catch up with you a little bit. Last time you were on, we talked about these these speakers of yours, and um, and you, you gave me a trick to remember how to pronounce the. It's something like something, but I can't I can't remember that. What what are these speakers that you got? Well, these are uh, the Dio Node Dio speakers, and our friend Akash Vinod, yeah. who you've had on your show, mm-hmm. and yeah, because he I, told me he must have told me that it's. Dio like mm. like audio without audio the- that's what it is all right thanks yeah. for yeah thanks for doing that yeah so i went ahead and got them and they're they're not bluetooth they're wired in the sense that they have to have a power source yeah but they don't work over bluetooth they work over wi-fi and i got a set of three because they're multi-room speakers and I actually do have three set up. I just didn't set up my phone. And I've got them uh, right after Christmas. And I played with them, and I had him on the show to give him kind of a review and talk about yeah. it, yeah. find out how his you know Indiegogo campaign went and how his sales are going. And to be honest, they are great. If you're just wanting to have music, you know, in your house, in your multi-rooms, they sync really nice. So it's not like you're going to be off, you know, a half a beat if you walk from one room to the other. And they are very clear. Even when you put them on high, the downside, though, is they don't go very loud. Oh. So you're not going to be, you know, having a a house party with these speakers. (laughs) But they work pretty well. With three, how far, like how far up are they one in each room? Tell me again. I, you maybe you said this, I wasn't listening, but one in each room or how do you have them configured in the house? Um, so I have them like I'm here at the office. So I've got one in my office, which is on the other side. I've got one out in the lobby area and then I've got this one in here. And I mean, it fills the room with music. It's just like I said, you're not going to, you're not going to get loud. But in terms of how far apart they can be, literally, as long as there is Wi-Fi access, that's all you need. There's, there they are. You bought the three-pack. Did you take advantage? He gave me a discount code for those. Did you? I, were you yep, I to? did. Okay. I did, and I think a couple of my listeners also did so. because uh, Oh, they, good. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope he does well. I mean, this was... He was back on the show in uh, in J- uh, July. At this point, I hope that's going well. It's good to see they're shipping. It's good to see they're they're yep. real. <laughs> you know, of of all the things that could go wrong uh, during well, COVID and parts, had a lot of stuff so. go wrong. He did tell me they they did have some shipping delays. They had you know right. uh, the same supply chain issues that everybody else was having, and especially because he was competing with some of the other products that are already in the market yeah, that were yeah. selling, you know, a million units. Mm-hmm. So when orders came in, the supply went to the million unit order before his, cause his was only a couple of thousand. You think for an office, like a work office, that'd be a nice, those would be a, cause 
you know, you're not going to want to blast them or blare them at work right. for the most part, right? Uh, but you could, you know, most offices have Wi-Fi across. They may be large in scale. You could put one in there and use them like a portable, you know, Muzak yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Would, would that work? Something like that work? For yeah, that? they do. I think in the office they would be good because, like I said, they don't get loud, but they're clear. And the one thing I would probably say is you're not going to want to tie this to a phone or something yeah. that you're going to change all the time. They're not like Bluetooth. So it's not like you just, you know, click them and they come on. There's yeah. there's a little bit of configuration and it actually took me a little time to figure it out because I never used the Apple play thing. Mm-hmm. So you actually have to go into your Apple center uh, in your settings and you actually have to select each speaker. Because you can play them in split mode, which means you can use one speaker, somebody else can use another, mm. or you can group all three together. And it takes a little bit of figuring that out when you first start it. Mm. Mm. Well, good to see that it's that it happened and that you got them and that you, you used them. I'll have to maybe I'll follow up with them and see I'll try and get them back this summer and see how things are going. He's kind of a gadgety guy, anyways. And so yeah, we gotta have him back on, catch up with things that are going on uh, in his world, maybe beyond even what he's doing from a business perspective. I think of those, I did a few of those last year. I I had a water, you know, the water purification company on that that, that came on and and did some of those should go back. I I did a, I did quite a few of those. I should go back and see how those catch. I did uh, on my own website. And I don't know if you have a broken link checker for your website. If you get a regular, like if you get a regular report on your website when links get broken, do you have something like that? I, I don't get a regular report, but I do have a site that I go to and will scan my site from time okay. to time. Yeah, WordPress has a broken link checker and it in in your dashboard it'll say, Hey, you got this many broken links. And so I can kind of keep track of, you know, you start seeing companies that we'd had five years ago on here that didn't make it or or whatever. They've changed their website in that. And and so it's it is kind of a way to kind of kind of track is things still working are they not working some of those kinds of things. Well, it's good to hear that's working. You had you know you've been using Synology, and of course that's a super popular box um, uh, in in this community. We have a lot of folks that have gone QNAP or Synology. You know we we were we were born out of a Windows home server, the home server show. And a lot of the audience still dates back to that show. They were listening to us on that day. Finally, kind of put home server show to rest, and the home server show forms to rest over the the holidays. Um, I've I kind of uh, since home server, I didn't make the Synology jump. I mean, I've kind of quit. That's not. This is not totally true because I have a Moro data box that I kind of use as a NAS. So this isn't totally true, but. Do we really, I mean, do we really need a NAS box in 2023? Can't everything just be in the cloud, Marv? So I still live in a world where a lot of my clients can't go to the cloud yet. Mm. They have business applications that still have to have physical servers. And the types of files that they use, they're either too big. You know, I've got a couple of engineering clients where they're in big, huge AutoCAD files. So even though there is a cloud-based AutoCAD, you know, platform, it's it's just too slow for them. So they're still, I mean, they're, I've got a client that they're buying, you know, $3,000 workstations just so they can pump out their diagrams and stuff. So there's some stuff that still needs it. I have a client that I just did 
with a Synology box that needed a SQL server. And instead of buying them a big old honking HP server, we put in a Synology NAS. I'm running Windows inside of a virtual machine with that SQL server. It's only six users, so they didn't need Active Directory. We're using the built-in Synology directory server for them. And that's also their file server. And what else are they doing? Oh, we're doing their 365 backup all to that Synology NAS. Yeah. Do, do you find for those customers, you got to go to the higher end with the bigger processor and a little bit more memory than, than some yeah, of the... Yeah, I, uh, I forget what the levels are, but the, the DS1621 uh, XS Plus is the one that I start with when I have to do those things because you've got to have enough RAM and enough processors to, to do those virtual machines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are they, are you putting SSDs in, in any of those at all? Or, or is, are you yes. 100% spinning? So I'm putting in SSDs when I need to do the virtual machines. Okay. And then I'll do the spinning drives for just, you know, file storage. And you can dictate on yes. a Synology where, what, which drives do what do you make? Do you make like partitions with them then to say like, hey, take these two SSDs, ra rate them, and then I want you to put stuff on here, and then the rest of the data is going to live on the spinners? Yeah, they're called storage pools. Okay. And that was probably, I mean, there's actually several reasons why I decided to go all in with Synology, but being able to set up those storage pools and expand as you needed to was basically it. And you know, of course, when you first set up a Synology, you install the OS and I don't, you know, you can, you can decide which storage pool is primary and then you can set up additional storage pools for different apps, different features and things of that nature. So for the most part, I always start with two and for the ones where I put on servers and stuff like that, those are going to be in the solid state drives and then the, the spinning drives. but I always go with the higher end. So when people talk about spinning drives, you know, Western digital is probably my go-to and they've got the, you know, the basic Western digital red and then the red plus and the red pro mm -hmm. because most of my clients are, are businesses. I go with the pro. So mm -hmm. it, is a, it is a little more pricier, but they're more stable and better performing drives. Yeah. Do you, do you have a size that you prefer when you're, when you're putting those in something you kind of go with that's like price for performance, but, going to be enough storage for them for a while what are you what are you outfitting most of them with depends on the clients i mean i've got yeah. some where we've got you know they don't do a ton of stuff so i can do eight terabyte drives for them uh the the ssds i'm either doing a two terabyte or a four terabyte because just to put the servers on and the virtual machines they don't need a lot of space and their files will stay on the spinning drives I just did put in a, uh, what was it? A 3622. So it's a 12 bay system mm. and it's 64 gigs of RAM or 32. I forget how much, but I put two, four terabyte drives in for their virtual machine. And I put in six, 12 terabytes. And then I still have room obviously to add more down the road, but yeah. we configured them with 50 terabytes of storage yeah. just to get them started. They're using 20 now. So I wanted to, to give them room to grow. 
Yeah, and you you want to have some extra space. That's the hard. I think some people are like, well, let's just you know we only use two, so let's just put like three in. And you kind of like, well, no, you're probably going to use more. Let's let's make sure you have plenty of space, right? Yeah. Bob Bob was asking you what which SSDs are you using? So on the higher end models, this this has changed since I started using them. Synology has actually made it to where their higher end models they only have a certain amount of drives that they will say are compatible. Mm. So on their approved list. Now, for the most part, most drives will work, but you're just going to get a warning that they're incompatible. And if there's ever any issue, Synology may not help you if you don't have a a drive that's on their list. So for the higher end drives, I've actually just stuck with the Synology models, which I think are just really rebranded Hitachis. Okay. But again, for my business clients, I'm just like, look, stay on the approved list because if if I'm not here or you guys decide to leave me and you want to get support, you know, you want to be able to get it without any issues. And are you are you putting two SSDs in and rating them together as well or are you just going with a single SSD? No, two. We're doing two. rate ones for the virtual machines. Okay. okay. Good. Yeah, so you're raiding those, raiding the spinners, you got them all set up. If any of those drives fail, have you had have you seen many failures in inside of Synology? So I have not. Okay. But I've been paying attention to the forums, and there are very few people that talk about drive failures, but the ones that do are dealing with these off-brand drives. They're dealing with the cheaper drives. So I just tell people, look, just go with the name brands, first of all. You know, even in the lower-end models, if you stick with, you know, on the lower-end models, you don't have to get those compatible drives, so any will do. But I tell people, just... Just go with Samsung for your SSDs and, and even your uh, NVMe RAM that you can buy. I'm doing Synology RAMs for those. But on the higher models, it's all Synology. Do, do they allow you to increase the RAM by using NVMe drives? Then yeah. Is that the, okay. Well, w- what it is, it's kind of like a cache drive yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. So not the not te- not technically the RAM that the, they have they have they've installed their own RAM in there and yeah, then so there's you RAM. can use NVMe for cache. Correct. There's yeah, RAM. Okay. There's cache, and then your drives. Yeah, the Drobo had something similar, right? You could put a cache drive in there, and it would write to that first. Uh, although for your SSDs, those speeds are going to be pretty close. They're a little bit slower, so a smidge slower in some cases, but then. Yeah for what you're doing. Do you think, all right, so that's the enterprise side. Do you think just between you and me and we got, you know, we got a bunch of guys and a few ladies listening to this thing. Do do you think a NAS for 2023 for the average consumer at home is necessary anymore? I I don't know if necessary is the right word, but there are a lot of convenient things that I'm starting to use. Now I've not put one in my home, but I've started to use some of the home things here at my office. Uh, for instance, I just uh, installed the Synology Photos app so that I can back up, you know, the photos from my phone and not have to buy, you know, Apple's additional storage, <laughs> that sort of a thing. Uh, we're going to be doing the iDrive for a client here soon. So that's something that I want to test out. And that'll be something that I'm thinking I could use here for my office and 
at the house. If, if there's files that I want to access, you know, at home or, and on the road, I'm going to probably going to use the iDrive or Synology drive for that. So there's some things. And then I'm going to look at some streaming options. I was listening to your show a few weeks ago and talking about the channels. Yeah. And yeah. I'm kind of not really sure. I've, I've never been a Plex guy or, or anything like that, but, you know, there's a lot of applications that may work for the home because the cable bill's just getting yeah. more and more expensive. So, well, the streaming bill is getting, in some cases, more expensive than yes. the cable was, or it's it's maybe it's getting close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Listen, I, I think it's really nice. I think for most tech guys and la- and ladies, it's it is nice to have some local storage close by. That's backed up redundant you know i you still want to push that to the cloud for backup and some of those kinds of things but there there are there are moments i think when you're doing audio or video editing cad was another example if you're doing cad locally any of those situations where you need those files quickly right now i mean in some cases you know a producer bob out there uh, his internet, he he gets he's in Canada. He gets some of the fastest speeds I've ever seen ever. And really, his his cloud storage could be local, right? I mean that it's it's those kinds of speeds for some people. So yeah, it's interesting. I I, I do kind of miss having a box. You know, having a. I mean, I do. I have one, but it it, it doesn't allow this Moro data box that I have. It's got a terabyte of of super fast storage in it, but then it keeps track of what you use, and if you're not using it, it just dumps it off to B two backup and uh, backblaze. And if you need it, it just grabs it. So like if you if you call it, if like hey, I need this file, whatever, it just goes out and grabs it, and brings it down. That's the cool. stuff. The stuff you use most often, it just keeps. Right. Well, the chances, and it, it, it's, it says a terabyte, but it really is about 750 gig, right? Because it keeps space around for itself. Okay. That's just a product that's designed for the enterprise, whatever they, they, that was, you know, they, they gave that to me to use. It's been a great product. Um, it's a, it's an interesting concept, right? Cause you think like, I'll probably never really use more than 750 gig of files that I need locally. So that kind of seems right. And then just push everything else to super cheap backup. And if I need it, it can go grab it. And I'm never going to go grab them all at once. Although I did do that when I spent a whole bunch of money on that backup, because I did the mistake and I tried to pull it all down. Yeah. I don't know. Any thoughts on that as you think about that, that scenario? Well, I think that is going to be the way of the future where, you know, that's how we're going to operate, where there's going to be this sync that happens back and forth yeah, you know, um, what is it? The Microsoft Drive is doing that where, you know, with SharePoint, you have files that are local and files in the cloud. They're doing yeah, it. Right. But I think what's happening is people are losing faith in the cloud mm. with, you know, the AWS outages that have happened and even the third parties that they're using. You know, if you don't have access, you don't have access. I mean, there's right. nothing you can do about it. So I think the ability to to have a little more control with the Synology, even though Synology is the same thing, they've got this whole C2 environment where they're going to do all the same stuff. They're going to do backup storage. They're going to do syncing. They're going to do identity 
management well, with that okay. C2. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's happening. I think it's it's really going to be geared towards you know small business and enterprise, but I can see a lot of that moving to the home user because I mean you can do you can do cameras, you know, on the Synology. Yeah. It's there's just a lot to do. Yeah. Well, and that's an ecosystem, you know, I choose I chose to go ring. And that's all in the cloud. And I just, you know, I just <laughs> went to pay my annual subscription for Ring, and I have four cameras now. So I was thinking, oh, it's 120 bucks. Oh, they have a cheaper plan. I think it's 100, where you get unlimited cameras. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. We'll go on that plan. Well, I'm not keeping any of that stuff, you know, from the Ring side of things. I'm not keeping any of that stuff local. That's not coming here. I've got a dashboard that's got a you know, every three minutes they refresh and it's just a different, again, I, I, I said, I'm not preventing a crime because I've got cameras up on a browser that I'm, you know, that's not, it, it's reactive, right? We, we had, you know, we had, um, we had that security, I'm missing the name of it. We had that security guy on that talked about, you know, that there's a service you can buy and, they're monitoring it. And I think if you're worried about it, that's the kind of stuff you need to do. I'm kind of doing it because I like to see what the weather is outside <laughs> down here in the basement. Right. But you could, have you, have you done, do you, do you do cameras or anything security cameras to astrology? So we do the blank, okay. which is now owned by Amazon. And the reason I went with them years ago is because it was free and it was free storage that, you know, you just go through and decide if you want to keep it or not and, and things of that nature. So now any of the new Blink stuff is all subscription-based as well because it's going to go into the Amazon ecosystem. So I'm looking for an alternative, and that's where I'm looking at. Maybe I'll put a Synology at the house. Yeah. But the difference right now is the Synology doesn't work with wireless cameras. So I think once I can figure out a way to do that, that's when I'll, I'll I'll make my change. Yeah, I I just is is I've got cameras up, and I've done both. I've had you know I've kept I've done local storage camera storage, and I've done cloud based. And I just I can't find any compelling reason to keep them local. You know, you're kind of like, yeah, I, I don't. There's I think can't for figure a, out why for us at home, no, there really isn't. As long as you can go yeah. back thirty days, yeah. And grab it, you're fine. I think the businesses for the customers that I've put the Synology surveillance yeah. system in, they want to be able to go back and look. I mean, it's funny. I mean, the office manager for my one client, they just like to go in and find out when people came in and when yeah, people left. Yeah. They want to be able to go back and forth. It's just not easy to do if they have to go to the cloud for that. Totally true. Yeah. They, they're creeping on people. But the... the but that's totally true. Like you don't want to, and you don't want to, you know, we had a, we had an unfortunate, you know, accident, not accident. We had an unfortunate situation here in Omaha just yesterday at a target. Right. And with an active shooter mm -hmm. and you don't want to have to be like, hold on, let's download those. Right. Like, let's go get them and download, even though it doesn't take that long. I, I think there is something about having some of those things on prem that kind of makes a difference. So well, I, I think it's it's it was an interesting when you put that like, hey, we talk about Synology. It, I was like, yeah, you know, I want to quiz a little bit. Like every year, we should just be like, we still doing local, you know, we still doing local backup, and is it is it applicable? You know, 
Well, it's weird because I know that for even the small businesses and for the the home user, maybe not as much local stuff, but I, I work with businesses so much that they have to have it. And so I'm just taking what I'm doing for them and bringing it to my office and in my home. So that's kind of where it works for me. And I, I can see the benefit. I still, I still like the hands-on approach to stuff. I like to be able to touch it, see it working in the corner. That's sure. No, that's super cool. Like I, I, um, you know, I've got a whole bunch, I have 83 terabytes of storage that I'm using for crypto stuff here. And I've got them spread across two machines. I've got them just jammed into machines. You know, I've got uh SATA, SATA raid cards in there running them and stuff. And it looks pretty cool. But then over the holidays, I got a honey alert that said, Hey, you can get some Orco eight bay non-rated, but eight bay USB three drives. And I thought, that would look cool stacked one on top of the other with all these drives in there. Right. It looked cleaner than it across two PCs. Right. That's like 400 bucks. And then you're like, yeah, but they're in the current PCs for free. <laughs> you know, you're like, uh, it looks, it would look really cool to have all those drives. You know, at one point in time, my son, I think has a 10 or 12 Bay Drobo that he'd worked for Drobo and he's got one of those. And you talked about Synologies. What's the, what's the max that you've put in from a Synology Bay wise? Well, the match that I've put in so far is 12. Yeah. I have a quote for a client that we are looking at doing there. Let me pull this up and I can tell you exactly. I think it's a 24 Bay. Oh, that's so good. That's so much goodness. <laughs> it's uh, for, um, and it's an all flash array. Oh, so we're looking at doing a terminal server farm with that. So, yeah, so this thing, 24, yeah, 20, 24 bays, 512 RAM. Yep. And you can expand it up to 48 bays with the expander model. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's from an enterprise perspective, that's not. I, honestly, it's not that much space. You know, you can, you, I, I kind of think about, you know, thousands of users using, and they like, you can't, you can't tell users today. I mean, I, there was, there are point in times when we were restricted on email. Like, yeah, you get like a gig, like a gig. Remember Seriously? When, remember when the five meg yeah. attachment size was like, <laughs> I know, I know. Huge. And any, Anymore, you can't put those limitations on and restrictions on people. They, they're making big stuff. Like we're, we're making big documents. We're making big PowerPoint presentations. We're doing big, you know, we're making these big files, right? We're embedding stuff in these files. We're generating it. And I think that goes pretty fast. It would, that would look pretty cool to have. It, it does look nice. Yeah. But yeah. It's expensive to do the all flash, but. They need it. It's it's a law firm. It's two hundred users. Well, it's one hundred and fifty users, but I'm yeah, planning, yeah, yeah. planning for two hundred. Right. And uh, it's what's that? Run. What's that run? What's that unit run? So Retail. Uh, I don't remember. I don't. And of course, I'm not at the same computer to pull up my quote. But no, no uh, worries. No my worries. quote for them. So it's part of another quote, but it's two of these and something else, and the total quote came to one hundred and thirty k. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that includes work and some other yeah. things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it can get. I was this week in our Discord group this week. I've been um, 
you know, the my current UPS uh, devices uh, blow the circuit breaker on my generator whenever I plug them in. Like if I were to lose power, and then what I want to do is, you know, I've kind of wired it to the house, and then I got a cable that comes over to the computer area. I just want to unplug the UPSs from the wall and plug them into the generator cable and bring them up. But they're AP APCs, and APC admits that two hundred. No, they're like they're no, they're the one thousand models. They're not oh, even okay. very big, but. APC admits that the there are some of their units will display what they call leakage, mm-hmm. energy leakage. Well, the breakers on the generators are designed. Leakage means that that power is going somewhere else into a human, probably. So, so pop the pop the breaker, right? Um, so they they keep, it keeps popping the breaker. So, uh, so we did a bunch of research, and I. Kevin found an article for me and I found an article. I got to get this double conversion UPS. Those are the ones that are kind of designed, so to speak, where they probably have what the RS 1000 models. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. The, the low end, you know, they were 150 bucks, like a hundred, 150 bucks, right? Not terribly expensive. That's not super cheap either, but they're, they're the desktop models, you know, that have the, the, they have the, uh, you know, an LCD monitor up front. They're nice. I like them. They work great, right? They just don't work great with my generator. So you start going through this, you know, and there's a next level of UPSs that are three or 400 bucks. But the double conversions, those are like 900 bucks. Yeah. And you start thinking, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a grand into this UPS. Like it's a UPS. <laughs> I think we sometimes think, you know, UPS is a hundred bucks, 150, maybe 200 bucks, right. For, for UPS, it was a little bit different. So I started thinking like, okay, is it for the, for the one time every three years where I lose power and in most cases I only lose it for a couple hours. Do I really want to drop a grand on a UPS that, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Why don't you spend another grand to get a whole house generator? (laughs) <laughs> yeah well it's a little little more than that <laughs> little more than oh, that. You I mean, <laughs> my yeah my generator will and that was like a thousand dollar generator it'll run most of the house just to be honest like i wouldn't run there's a few things i wouldn't run like i wouldn't run the stove off of it i could it's got a 240 connection in it so i could run the stove but that's about it right i it that take about 75 percent of it um, I could wire it up to the furnace. Furnace actually doesn't take that much because it's just got a little, it's just a, not a little, but it's just got a fan in it and then it's, it's natural gas. So, uh, yeah, you know, it got me, I don't know if I want to do whole house. Those are like 12 grand just, just to be like for something like here, we're talking like eight to eight to 10 to $12,000. So back to the UPS, Marv, would you drop for your own? computer setup at home would you spend a thousand dollars on a ups no (laughs) this is that's just too much is what you're saying yeah that's i mean so i pretty much am at the 125 range for most of the desktop stuff that we do i'm at the 800 range for the server stuff that we do yeah and this really is a server ups just to be honest because you know i'm running four, five computers off of it, about 600 to 850 watts of power are going through it. So I need a kind of a thousand watt UPS, which 
when you start looking at those, they're rack mounted, <laughs> right? Cause they're, they're in servers. They're yeah. in, you know, they're in servers. So, so yeah. you would for an enterprise where you're talking or, yeah, multiple. Enterprise, yeah, we, we yeah. would, but, but for my home, I wouldn't, although we are looking at the whole house generator, just yeah. more yeah, for the no, convenience. Yeah. And, you know, especially we, luckily we've not had a major hurricane knock us out for more than a day, but right. I just, right. I, I remember a few years ago, I, 12 days, no power. Yeah. And I, yeah. I told the wife, we, we cannot go through no. that again. No, no. Yeah. That, that makes it worth it. You know, when you talk about putting a whole house generator and it's not just that, but then you're paying an electrician to come in and wire up the cutover piece of it. You're running gas, you know, depending on how you're going to power this thing, either natural gas or you've got some yeah. kind of propane set up, right. To make it work. So we're having trouble. So we've actually been looking at it. So we have a propane tank at our house because we have a gas stove. So we were just going to say, okay, well, we'll just get a propane generator as well. And the generators themselves for our house, we, we have a small house. We, most of Florida, you know, it's 2000 square feet. So we figure we'll get, you know, it's about four to five grand for the generator. We're thinking it's another grand for the electrician and stuff. The problem is converting the propane tank. Mm. <laughs> Why is that a problem? Well, because one, we got to get a bigger one. And let's okay. see. Who, okay. Um, yeah. I forget who we had, but there's only two propane companies down here, really. And Amerigas basically has been dragging yep. their feet. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that they're just, <clears throat> unless it's a new construction, they don't want to do it. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's, it's certainly, I mean, that's a big, uh, that's a big drop it in a whole house. If you're on old construction, it comes, if you're building new, it's a lot easier, yeah. right? Uh, and you're right. Square footage matters. You could probably get away with a five or six or $7,000 generator for 2000 square feet. I could probably do the same thing here. Um, I, I, you know, I did some wiring on the outside of the house. So I pull the generator out of the garage, put it on the, in the driveway. And then I have a, 240 plug that goes in and then it plugs into the house. And then I've got some cabling inside the house that instead of doing a full cut over on the, on the, the, uh, you know, the board, I've got some other things wired up where I can just kind of move some cables and the, the important things to us fire mm -hmm. back up. Um, and I can run into the computers and such, but it just, it got me thinking it would be really convenient to bring, be able to bring a cord over here to the computer area or have one run and ready to go. And when the power goes down, just unplug it from the wall, plug it into the generator, fire it back up, and I'd be done. Is that worth $1,000 to me? That's that's what it came down to. Is that easy? Or really it is, then I just need to unplug them from the, instead of the one plug from the UPS, I've got to unplug them from the, this is not that hard. Mark, unplug it from the back of the UPS I, and plug it. I know, but I'm sitting here thinking, okay, <laughs> how critical is what you're doing at the house? You know, I mean, I was going to ask, how much are you working at home? Because yeah. if you're working at home and you want to be productive, if it's just, you know, you and the wife, yeah, you know, it's, and it's in the middle of a movie, you know, unless it's Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Yeah, what the, the, these are questions like these are these are questions I ask myself all the time. Like, 
you do these kinds of things, then you have to run kind of an ROI. Like, like, is this, you know, um, you know, is this worth it? Right. When we think about these, uh, let me, there were some great comments out there. Um, uh, let's, <laughs> what, what if you're on a business trip and your family is alone? <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah, was listen, if, for me. And that's why I'm thinking of the scenario where I, I don't want her to think about it. Yeah, it's I true. Want it done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally true. Listen, if I, I could walk Sarah through setting up our generator, it actually is pretty easy. There's a few things you got to do. You know, I think we lose power here so infrequently. And since I've bought that generator, we've never lost power. We haven't done it. You know, um, I think Joe said, this is what Joe said. He said, uh, bought a generator, haven't lost power since (laughs) that was about 10 years ago, right? That's the thing you buy this. And then, and I'm kind of making up reasons to, to run this thing. Like, okay, I want to keep it running because I want to make sure it starts with resale value though. You know, um, yeah. Um, John big says he bought a small generator for Y2K enough to power the well pump and a couple other things. Use it at least once every single winter. You know what's the what's what's great about owning a generator is the the neighbor acceptance factor on this thing when cuz they my neighbors don't have one. So when we lost power I don't know maybe it was 12 hours worth. Uh I brought my generator out and fired it up and I said bring an extension cord. Like let me run your fridge. Right. Cuz that's really the the most important thing, right? You don't it, your food doesn't spoil. So, um, they, I got gift cards for that. That was pretty, that was, that was, um, that was pretty great. Okay. Well, we're working on this. I'm working on this topic, this UPS topic. And I I don't know if I've convinced myself or not. I think Um, you want to do it. And I think you're just finding somebody. You just need to find somebody to say, go ahead, Jim. It's going to be, it's going to be peace of mind. (laughs) Yeah. Stop worrying about it. Yeah. And just get her done. I do like talking about it though. Sometimes in these cases, like I'm perfect for this. Cause I like talking and talking and talking. And talking this is what my, my wife says to me when she's like, all right, enough talking. You've talked about it. Just do it. Pull the, pull the trigger. My wife says, just do something. You're right. You're right. John, John does have a good point. He says, you, you, you can ponder that tomorrow when it's zero degrees and it will be. And the power goes out. So I am, I am contemplating, I, I saw this online of getting an electrician in to run an extra um, power cord out of my furnace that then is the backup. So if I do, if we do go down in the winter, I could just plug the furnace in. It normally will run off of the grid power, but okay. you can switch the furnace over, run it off a plug and uh, it'll run just fine. Furnaces don't, you know, we're, we're gas and it's a fan. So they run on a 15 amp circuit and they're pretty easy. They're pretty easy to run. So, so what's so. your, what's your sun situation like? What do you mean? You're, you're in Oklahoma city, right? No, we're up in Omaha. Omaha. So okay. similar, just a little farther North. Okay. Cause the other part of our equation is, do we put rooftop solar panels on? Oh, for sure. And yeah. have that, compensate for some of the generator where we don't have to buy a bigger generator. Yeah. 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 Listen, my house faces South. It's the, the perfect, I have the perfect roof for 36 panels. There you go. You know, it's just, you know, you start, you, 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 you buy those, you install them <laughs> and you know, you, and 
power's still pretty reasonable here, although the it just went up in price with all this inflation stuff. It's forever before you break even on on Yeah, that's why we haven't done it yet. On solar. Yeah. Everybody talks about it, but once we look at it, even with the rebates, <laughs> I'm like, it's still gonna take you know, I haven't you know, we haven't paid off our house yet. If if our house was paid off, maybe. Yeah. No, but we've right. got about 10 years left on that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good call. John says uh, to Brian, the horror part comes when Jim's trying to talk his family through connecting his made up wiring. <laughs> hey, John, easy. My wiring is pretty good. I walked my wife through it and it's a pretty, it, it's basically real. I mean, it's all, it's all wired in with metal and, and, you know, the, you know, like you would get in a, in a, in a regular setup and you just basically, flip a breaker and start plugging stuff in works pretty well. So, um, Hey, I wanted to ask you, you're, you're looking, um, at an HD TV antenna, or you've been looking at the, at those. I like, I installed one of those flat ones a couple years ago up in the attic and I get, I get varying results with it. Like, I mean, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's not really good. And so I was kind of hoping you'd be able to give me some insight. Have did you go through the process of trying to figure out a good antenna to get? So when we first moved into this house, we actually bought one of the very inexpensive leaf antennas. Yeah, I think I think I think that's what I got. And we got some channels on it, so it wasn't bad. But I got to thinking here at the office. So I did not sign up for TV here at the office. And I stream everything. So every football season, I purchase Sling so that I can watch Red Zone on Sundays here. Mm -hmm. But it costs me as much as a cable subscription. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't get live local channels. So I thought, well, let me just get an HDTV thing here and keep the one at the house. Well, I bought one that cost me, I don't know, 55 bucks on Amazon. It was supposed to be the top rated. Yeah. I hook it up. Nothing. <laughs> and I've got three TVs here at the office. So I go to TV, to TV, to TV, nothing. So then I take it home, nothing. So I get frustrated. So I've been looking and researching HDTV antennas. And I think I came across one that I'm looking at. I need to get to the cart because it's it's saved in my cart. <laughs> it's the you, haven't, you haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. No, it's the Mohu Leaf 30. And from all the research that I've looked at, it seems to be always on a top five list. And that's kind of what I'm going by. I mean, it's only 40 bucks, but it's supposed to be a 40-mile range, which I think that's – I need the, the the further out. Now, there's some out there. The one I got was supposed to be 100 miles, but didn't do me any good. And – where I'm at in Fort Lauderdale, I should be able to pull stations from West Palm and Miami, and those are only about 30 miles each way. But I'm only looking at it for the local channels yeah. that, you know, free HDTV. So the you said the 100-mile range one? Because, like, that 30, I think, is the one I have. Okay. And so do you, are you saying, though, like – Mohu also makes a 75 mile range 4K. Yeah, I didn't look at that one. The one for that 120 I got, bucks. Yeah, the one that I got wasn't any of those. It was okay. um 
it, it was supposed to be this 480 plus mile range amplified <laughs> digital antenna. <laughs> Apparently not, right? It's not. Yeah. But again, my antennas are inside. So I, I've tried to figure out, do I put the antenna outside on my roof? Yes. Which I can't I really do here at the office. I can do that yeah. at the house. But I'm still trying to find an inside antenna that I can just stick up either in a window or something and go from there. So, yeah, I have a cable that runs up. I mean, it's in the basement, right? Everything, the the, the silicon dust, uh, uh, HD home runs are sitting down here. It, it goes into a splitter and then it goes up to one cable that goes all the way up into the attic. And then I've literally just hang, have it hanging at the peak of my attic. And you would think it's got to just get through shingles. Like that's it. Shingles. Yeah. But it, my, our Fox, uh, um, our Fox affiliate does not come in very well. And I think the Super Bowl is on Fox this year. So I think, it is. I think, I think it is. I think it is Fox. So we're well, going to get Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman, right? For the, for so the other thought I had was we have an old dish antenna when we bought the house that we don't use, but it's got all the coax cable running to, you know, rooms in the house. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just attach the antenna up there and run it over the coax, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah. 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 It's a good, it's a good here. I'll show you the one I'm, I'm looking at the, this is the one, this is kind of what I've been thinking I would go to is this is their, the sale out. It's an indoor outdoor comes with a, you know, it comes with a, a pole. Right. And it, basically what I do is just extend the coax down to the end of the house, install this thing on the end of the house, sticking up. So it clears everything and, and see if that gets me. This is another one of those things. It 95% of the time it's perfect, but it's like I'm watching football and then it starts stuttering, you know, and you're like, Oh, this shouldn't be, you know? Um, so I don't know. Do you think going a hundred and like with a $120 Mo2, that's a little bit better and, and maybe putting it outdoors would get you a little bit better signal. So it's weird because I've been looking at them and of course the reviews, and I, I know that it's hard to trust reviews, Right. But the higher models don't get the good reviews. Mm. So I think the Mohu 30 was among the highest rated of, of a known brand, I guess yeah. I should say. Yeah. But the Mohu 50 only got 50% five stars. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I have the Mohu 30. I'm pretty sure that's the one I have up in the. That's the one I bought a couple of years ago. It's got a little amplifier on it. Comes down. I plug the amplifier in down here. Right. Um, and I've I installed uh, two of the old school metal ones in the in the and I pointed one because we have two TV, um, two major so Fox is in one area and then ABC, NBC, CBS is in another area. Right. So I pointed one antenna towards that and the other antenna towards the other one and I brought them in. No. And they're, they're hidden in the attic. So now I have three antennas in my attic. Mm. You know, I've got two of the metal ones and not, we, we don't use it for anything. Yeah. So it's not a big deal, but. And part of me wonders if the cable companies are doing the same thing to the free HDTV that they're doing to the streaming where they're making it to where 
we don't want you to use those services because that's what the, that's why streaming is so expensive now. They're all, you know, part owned by the big medias. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you go to an app, you got to sign in to your local cable provider, which here, you know, is Comcast or Sling or AT and T. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it does it does make you wonder. Like, um, okay, so I spent a hundred. Well, I mean, it's you spend one hundred twenty bucks on an antenna like this. I could get. YouTube TV for 75 bucks a month. Now, now granted, 75 bucks a month, that antenna pays for itself in two months. Right. Right. And getting local and getting the well, local stuff. So I missed the beginning of your show when you had the guy from channels on. Yeah. And of course, yeah. I asked the question, he's like, don't we get this every time? <laughs> but so I did go look at it. And it, I mean, the bottom line is you got to buy a box, but the yeah. box only a hundred and something bucks. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, do I just buy the box and go through the channels and for eight bucks a month or whatever the Mm -hmm. cost was, Mm -hmm. get all that stuff? I just, I couldn't tell from the package how much you get. Right. For that eight bucks a month. But, right. Yeah. It might be. Well, it's a good question. I, I, um, it's a really good question. Like, I, it's not perfect for me. You don't do it. You know, and I want it to, I'd really like it to be perfect. And, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure now, I mean, I could, before I go buy this $120 one, I could take the 30 and just, I think it's an outdoor. I think I could just slap it to the side of the house and, you know, just get it on the other side of the wood and see if it picks up, you know, if it does any, if it does anything, um, you know, any better, so to speak. So, that all takes work, Marv. It's a that's a that's a it's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Well, um, uh, you, you got me thinking. I I just don't know if I want to. I probably won't blow another hundred twenty bucks on my on my on my TV. I just don't watch enough of it. Sarah does it. She if it gets bad, she'll complain. She streams most of her stuff, anyways. We just don't watch a lot of local network stuff. Yeah, I mean, we don't. We don't either. But the sports, yeah, you know, when they're on the yeah, local channels, right, I, I want right. to get those. Yeah, because I, I want to, I want to cut back on the on the cable bill. Our cable bill's three hundred bucks. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. And yeah, we're yeah. it's that, and we're paying for streaming. Yeah, yeah. Paramount, yeah. Netflix, yeah. Hulu, Sling. Hmm. She wants Disney. So you're not even you're not even getting the advantage of the you know cutting the cord because you're paying for the cord and right. you're paying for the streaming. So uh, John confirms Super Bowl is on Fox. I guess Buck and Aikman went to ESPN. I yeah, that's right, I did because they're opposite the Manning cast. Okay, all right. I didn't realize that. I thought so they were that, still is that um, Chris. Um, what's his name? I should know him. He went. He played at a rival high school of mine. Okay, Chris Collins. The guy that, oh, oh, Collins. No, that's a no. Collins works ABC. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who it is. The Fox guys. There's one Fox guy that gets kind of. He gets carried away. He, he raises his voice. I think he's a Fox guy that does it. He gets. He kind of screams at times on there. Um, Joe says he has an old school analog style in the attic, like I do. I've been there since before the digital conversion. That's pretty good at pulling in stations from Little Rock, which is about 40 miles south. I, I didn't have that same experience, Joe. They didn't work very well for me. 
Um, see if there's anything else yeah collins oh nbc collinsworth is nbc okay now there's a guy he says it all the time now there's a guy who you know <laughs> that's my my son does not like chris collinsworth but i i don't i don't mind wife doesn't like him either and especially yeah. with brady oh yeah yeah he uh yeah i don't know because he got in trouble you know talking about brady a little too much yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had Romo and uh, Jim Nance for the Kansas City game on Sunday, right? Kansas City, um, Cincinnati, and she she turned the sound off. She was like, "I can't take Jim Romo or uh, Tony." Uh, Tony, thank you. I can't take Tony Romo, and I was like, "Really? I I didn't." She's like, "His voice just grates on me." Yeah, that's the same. So, and it's funny yeah. because the announcers now, I mean, Joe Buck is okay and Troy's okay, but they're more yeah. the corporate stuffy, yeah, for sure, you know, straight laced, which is why I love the Manning cast because those guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They, you have no idea what they're going to say. No. Yeah. And I, I like Tony Romo too. John, John says he likes Tony. I like Tony Romo. I like I, Jim okay. Nance and Tony Romo. Yeah. I'm okay with Tony. Yeah. 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 What, so what are you going to do for the Super Bowl? Let's let's uh, we'll we'll wrap it on that. You got any uh, from a watching? I, everybody's going to have snacks and food, and whatever. But yeah. So how are you going to watch it? It has been a while since we've gone to a Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we treat that night kind of like we treat New Year's. We just don't want to be out with the crazies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I am uh, talking with a guy. We're going to do a pre-Super Bowl podcast. Oh, nice. Either, but it'll probably be on Saturday uh, before, because Sunday, of course, you know, everybody tailgates from noon on. Uh, so that's, I'm probably going to do that. And then once Sunday rolls around, uh, I probably have some chores to do with the wife. And then about four o'clock, we'll start to settle down. We We watch, you know, we oh I didn't don't know if I told you this we got a big new screen TV. Ooh, what'd you get? We went to seventy five. Nice. We went from fifty five to seventy five. Nice. Yeah, you were talking about that. I think the last time you were on. Yeah. 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 So, um, How do you like that? Seventy five is good. It, it's so I thought it was going to be too big, but of course now that we've had it for a while, it it actually is good. She wanted to go bigger. Yeah. Glad we didn't go bigger. Yeah. Yeah, uh, seventy five is a good size for our room, and the quality is good. I I like it. Would you get from a OLED or what's the what's the what's the um, glass technology? Samsung Q something? Okay, I forget which model it is. It's not the it's not the OLED. Okay. I think it's the QLED. QLED. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's it's we just we just were down in Kansas City last weekend replacing my mother-in-law's computer this is this is funny she we put in a 70 inch when i say we the family put in a 70 inch tv when she moved into this new retirement and she's like it's too big like i'm getting dizzy watching it because she's just sitting she's in a little studio apartment and and she's sitting at the end of the bed which then the tv and it's it was like i mean it was gigantic so we said, I'll tell you what, her, her, my brother-in-law is like, I'll ship a new TV. They're pretty cheap. And he's like, well, I'll ship a new TV. And if you guys would go down there, Phil and my oldest, Phil, you can have 
you can have the 70 inch and if you want to contribute it to you know something to mom's fun that'd be great um uh and we'll it, and i thought that we'd get a 50 he just got a 60 but there's a diff there's a pretty good difference between a 60 and a 70 like when you think about the yeah i mean that it's significantly smaller and we installed it and uh set it up for her and watched some game shows and a little bit of basketball and said how's how's it working Mima?" <laughs> She's like, I like it. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the thing that surprised me about these, Marv, and, and, and probably you saw this too, just how light these things are. Yes. I mean, it's almost like they have anti-gravity. They're <laughs> light and super thin. Yeah. And always yeah. afraid. Now, we did not mount ours. That's probably something we'll do down the road because we we had a stand for our 55. and. Mm-hmm. The 75 mm-hmm. still fits on the stand mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're going to do something with the wall, which is why we didn't want to mount it now. So we're probably going to do some sort of wall yeah. treatment and then mount it. Um, but you know, our cat used to jump up on that, that console. So we're always afraid of the cat, you know, doing the little rub up against it. And, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. fine, but yeah, they yeah. are so thin and, the quality of the picture is just ridiculous. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. TVs. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, we have a, a annual learning day that's happening at Gallup here in next week. And I'm leading a surprise. I'm leading uh, this geek out uh, section of it where gadgets and, you know, desk gadgets and stuff like that for, you know, for better productivity. And we're just going to talk a little bit about just how cheap monitors and TVs are right now. Like if you were ever going to add real estate to your desk or to your viewing, now is the time. Yes. It's never, never been cheaper. I, and you, you know, and the pricing is absolutely ridiculous because even though we got our 75, I had to go Samsung and I think we spent 1100 total. Those things mm-hmm. are like 599. Mm-hmm. on QVC or no, at Walmart. No. <laughs> it's, no. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just ridiculous. So it's, I, we're, I, I keep telling people like, if you're, if you're don't miss this time, you're going to kick yourself. Something's going to happen. Supply will have such supply chain issues, whatever. Get it. If you're going to get a new TV, now is the time to do it. And that I bought that little 32 inch that goes on the treadmill and goes out on the deck. It, I, I kind of split them between the two. I'm afraid that thing's going to fly out of my hands. <laughs> like when I'm carrying it, you know, I almost have to carry it extra tight because it's so light. It just wants to fly out of my hands. And well, uh, even the monitors. So this screen that I have in front of me, I just took from a client that it's got a tiny little streak going down the middle and it's a 27 inch and it is just, I mean, couple of fingers to pick it up. And so as I'm walking down the hall, I'm making sure I don't want to bump it into the wall. (laughs) Yeah. They're just so this, the 70 inch TV that we're pulling out, you know, we, we lift it off the wall and I'm like, Whoa, you know, you're like it. I'm I'm thinking it's going to like fly out of my hands. It was so light. Two of us, if it wasn't so awkward, one person could carry it. Yeah. You well, know, it's funny because we when we mounted the TVs at some offices, you know, it's picking up the TV is, is the easy part. 
but mounting it on some of those brackets, you need two people to, to hold yes. it just to yeah. get it on. It's harder to do that than it is to yes. unpack it and set it. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And they, they came with, uh, they come with little plastic uh, guards for the mm-hmm. sides. So they're like, don't take these off till you're done mounting it. So you can kind of hold it with your fingers and not, right. you know, compress on the screen, right, with it. Um, we ended up, I peeled those off and then we put them on the, uh, we peeled them off the 60 inch and put them on the 70 inch as we, as we were, cause we hauled that home from Kansas yeah. city fit in the back of the car. It was just crazy. Uh, Bob's got a good point. And he says, if you have a fear of breaking it, you just have to buy a second one anyway. So just buy it now, Bob, that's not a bad idea. So I just don't know if that. I want to, yeah, did did we moved in here because yeah. the wife wanted one on the patio. So we had an extra bedroom that we wanted to get one. So we just bought two of the same model, 40 inches, you know, for the guest. And then we hung, we hung the 40 inch out on the patio. And I had spent so much time researching outdoor TVs. Yeah. And the guy that was doing one of my offices, he goes, don't do that. Right. Goes, You're underneath the patio and whatever, just buy a cheap TV. It'll last just as long, if not longer. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I thought about installing one out there, but it just gets so cold here, you know, and I didn't really want it up against the house. I wanted it farther out on the deck. And so now it works. It, I, I, Bob, I appreciate that. It works just fine to take it out there when we when we need it. And then it sits on a treadmill that's not currently working. I think I'm going to have to get a new one of those too. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, Marv, can you stay around for a few minutes as I close this thing up? Sure. Are you okay to, you okay to hang out? Well, I appreciate you coming out. Thanks for... Thanks for uh, coming out and hanging out with me tonight. I appreciate it. We always wonder what we're going to talk about, don't we? Yeah, it's always, <laughs> and I never worry about it. I never worry about it. Uh, a couple of reminders. I, I mentioned the Discord group. If you want to join us out there, a lot of good conversation going on there. Not a, not a lot of conversation, but good conversation. So if you want to join us in the Discord group, that's probably the best place to do it. Theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. I kind of went through this whole UPS thing conversation with everybody out there and bust out and schoon over. And those guys were all super helpful in helping me think through it. I still don't know what I'm going to do yet, but um, it's good to think through it. The average guy.tv slash discord, leave me a message. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to do that, homegadgetgeeks.com. If you got an idea for a show or you got a question, I'll play it here. If you, if you do that, um, super simple homegadgetgeeks.com, just hit the blue um, microphone and leave your message. Of course, don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Of course, that's Maple Grove Hosting, and Christian does email. I think I'm going to move. I have some Gmail that I think I'm going to move over there. Christian's thinking about uh, hosting Bitwarden. If you caught the last pass Bitwarden show, he's thinking of uh, providing a service. It'll cost something, but... He'd secure your Bitwarden um, instance on his servers, and so that wouldn't be necessarily, it's cloud-based, but it's not cloud-based, one of those kinds of things. So we're checking that out. We may test it out, but uh, he's got plans for as little as $10 a month. If you need something hosted, maplegrovepartners.com. And then, I haven't talked about this in a while, but I went back and looked at HelloFresh, and they are now offering, it's crazy what they're offering. If you haven't tried it yet, maybe now is the time. They've really upped the savings. Save as much as $110 on your first five boxes, right? The first box is 40 bucks alone. Like 
So it's like 40 and then 30 and then 20, 20, 20 on savings for that. But the first box is 40 bucks. If you want a free one, just let me know. I've got coupon things. I can get you a free box of, of HelloFresh if you don't want to do the savings plan that way. But let's check it out. There's a link on the site. Uh, go out to theaverageguy.tv slash HelloFresh if you want to try it out. And that again, that first box is 40 bucks off. Might be worth a try. I mean, if your cooking's getting boring or if you want to learn how to cook, I learned how to cook on HelloFresh, which is super crazy, but I love doing it. And, um, and uh, you might too. Give it a try. Theaverageguy.tv slash HelloFresh. And then don't forget, you can contact the show. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. And uh, we can have a conversation. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. And uh, we love it. We love it. G- great conversation tonight, uh, Marv. Great conversation with you and great conversation from the chat room. Just appreciate you guys doing that. We couldn't do this unless you came out live. And so thanks for doing that. We'll be back. Uh, Gavin is going to join uh, from hometech.fm next week. And I'm sure we'll continue some of this conversation that Marv and I had uh, uh, here. And then we're off. I'm off the week after that for some work. I've worked conflict. But uh, why don't you come out and join us next week? life and uh, we'd appreciate it for those listening live thanks for coming out with that we'll say goodbye